Hey, welcome to Date Night. We're really glad you want to join us on our journey. If you're a new listener, we really recommend you start at Season 2, Episode 1, which is called The V.I. Tree Peatment. While we had a lot of fun with Season 1, it had some of the growing pains of a new podcast, including a few audio hiccups. So to give our show a fair shake, or roll of the dice, we'd love if you started with Season 2, where we have improved audio equipment. If you're hooked and just can't get enough, or you're a completist, or you've just got to hear how GW got his Corn Smart badge, feel free to give Season 1 a go. We also have a Season 1 summary episode to help you jump right into the action of Season 2. No matter how you choose to listen, we're happy to have you along on our date night. Welcome to Date Night. I'm Will. And I'm Amy. And we've been married for 13 years. 13 long years. Yeah, and after all those long years, we felt like we needed some adventure in our marriage. So every couple of weeks, we send our kids out of the house to the sitter's house. And we go upstairs to the playroom. Yep, and we clear off the table. And we explore a whole new world together. Just the two of us. And me. Your best buddy and longest role-playing companion. Yep, and Mike. And me, your favoritest nephew. And our nephew. Your favoritest nephew. Our favoritest nephew, Sam. And, of course, a mysterious force from beyond the veil, also known as your half-niece-in-law, Eva. Yeah, and our whatever Eva is to us. (laughs) (laughs) And we play Dungeons and Dragons. So one finger, and I slid it over to the red circle, and I clicked. But doesn't red mean stop? (laughs) Not when it's the red circle. But a red octagon, that's almost a circle. The red light's a circle. Yeah, and that means stop. And our microphone's a circle. If if they don't stop, they hit your van. That means stop. That means it's plugged in and working. Oh, you see, this is why I get confused or? because red circles and red lights are all meaning these different things. Yeah, it's stressing me out. Okay, make sure you enunciate for the microphone. <coughs> for the what? To for the microphone. I almost called it a camera. You probably heard that in here. Okay. So if a camera adds 10 pounds, how many pounds does the microphone add? At least 70. <laughs> oh, but sometimes it it subtracts them. So oh. it you know. It, it really depends. <clears throat> so the beginning of this is pretty exposition heavy, just to get you into the world. So I'm going to be going through some notes. I'll show you kind of a map of part of the world that's been zoomed in. This is where you lived in Kufo, okay. near the coast. This is the shield of Kufo that I told you about. Mm-hmm. Amy, you are over here pretty much. When you got taken on one of the slaver boats. Okay. You have a pretty long, miserable journey across the this part of the ocean between Kufo and the island of Lumosh. Um, you haven't been able to see very much, but occasionally you've been allowed up on deck for very brief periods of time. 
but for the most part, you've had very little fresh air, even less food, and the water has not been very good. You've, you're drinking basically what the orcs don't want, so you can imagine uh, that's not so great. You've also had this seemingly endless chop of the ocean underneath you, which I don't think either of you are too familiar with seafaring, so that may, especially for a dwarf, may not suit your constitution very well. But it seems like the ebb of that chop of the ocean seems to uh, stop, and you hear a goblin growling orders. Immediately, there's a bunch of stomping above deck, and you have people start coming below deck, and a miserable-looking yellow goblin with uh, shriveled-up ears opens up the main cage where you are and shackles you into a line. Yes, both of you are now on this ship. So you've been shackled together in a line. Uh, You guys are actually right next to each other, and you're tied together with other captives. You've got kind of the chain runs between your leg shackles, so you can only really shuffle, and you have to walk in this straight line. You emerge topside of this ship. It was one of these ones that had been stolen from the shield of Kufo, which we saw in Mike's introduction. But these are much bigger ships than the orcs usually use. So you had been transferred at some point over onto this ship. Okay. So yeah, at least you taste the uh, salty fresh air, which is a little bit of a relief comparing to being below decks, which have gotten pretty fouled and nasty over the course of this trip. And your eyes start to adjust to the light. You can see that you're docking on a massive but really rickety and cobbled together mm-hmm. system of docks. And there's a big, hairy bugbear a bugbear, you basically would picture something that looks like Sasquatch, maybe more than anything else. He's sort of a goblinoid, like one of the largest in the goblin family. He's pretty strong. Um, he's dragging the front of your chain and kind of pulling you guys along a little faster than maybe comfortable to walk. And you're going across like a winding and uneven set of walkways, precariously going up a cliffside. You pretty much just hope none of the other people who are tied to you starts to fall off because it would be pretty nasty. Um, but you crest the top eventually, and even though you've never been here or seen it, you know for certain where you are. Um, this is a place that's in grim fairy tales of your kingdoms. This is Slaver's Bay. This is not a place that you want to be. Um, You maybe even half thought that this place didn't really exist, that it was a myth, but you're here. Um, This is a really big uh, city that doesn't make a lot of sense. There's not much organization here. There's just buildings uh, randomly, and they're made, obviously, from different types of creatures and humanoids. Um, There's houses, there's pavilions and shacks and hovels, some that look familiar to types of buildings you've seen before, but some that are so foreign that, like, if you didn't see them next to the other houses, you wouldn't even know that they were houses. Things like, looks like giant abandoned turtle shells and things of that nature. And all types of creatures that probably live in these houses seem to be here. Though the ones that are in chains are mostly human, dwarf, elven, or gnomish. And Mike, to you this might be odd, But there's also gray dwarves that um, you know live in the Underdark. You've encountered them at times when you've been in the mountains. And deep gnomes as well. And these are captives, though, not walking around uh, freely. Though there are some creatures from the Underdark that seem to be out and about. 
in this city. Um, there's a pair of gnolls, which are kind of hyena-esque humanoids, who are cackling at you as they fight over an ale skin. The majority, if you had to choose one type of creature that was here that was far and above the most populous, it would be orcs, like the ones who captured you. And they sneer at you um, as you go by. You basically are left out there to wait in the sun for a while. You guys were in the ship together, but may not have spoken to each other at all. You, Kira, were only transferred onto the ship at sea, maybe not that long ago. So if you just want to take a minute and uh, observe your surroundings, or would you talk to each other, or, or what might you do? I'll let you interject to my really long set of exposition. What are you thinking? <laughs> Audio format. <laughs> well, there's sunshine. Even if it smells a little foul. There's sunshine, but it's too much of it. I'm still not used to the, the wide open. It's mostly weather talk, then. We're going to go with <laughs> You want to describe to each other what you look like or anything? Your deer is actually been uh, put into bags, and you have numbers built into your handcuffs. Like there's a little tag, mm. a metal tag with numbers, and you see that you have subsequent numbers or numbers. What's that word? Sequential. <laughs> yeah, sequential numbers. And you actually could see that there's a wagon with bags, and those bags also have tags on them with numbers. So it's like they've they've got your gear separated in some way, but r- what you're wearing is just plain clothes. You don't have any of your weapons or supplies. No armor? Mm-mm. Okay. I am a half-elf. Average humanoid height, I suppose. I lived in trees in the woods, so I kind of have that overall brownish tawny type color mm. and obviously I'm not beefy because female elf. half elf okay <sighs> I'm Dern Dern it uh, about four foot I'm a mountain dwarf so I'm a little higher than my, my hill folk cousins red hair pale skin you know short so basically you're Scottish yeah yeah pretty much okay Scottish and built like a tank. So you wait there for a long time in the sun. Now some, it seems like all different races start walking by you almost like they're inspecting merchandise. You even have people that aren't necessarily ones that you might expect to be here with some of those others that we've mentioned, like uh, some haughty looking high elves who kind of turn their nose up at the collective smell as they walk by, but look at you from a distance. There are some fish men or fish women. It's hard to tell the difference between them, but they're kind of humanoid-looking fish people who walk by. And in fact, they probably even smell better than you at, at this point. And definitely a bunch of orcs, a handful of dragonborn. But the oddest of these humanoids that walk by you, or, or at least maybe like the most imposing of these, is an Efriti. And this is like a fire djinn or fire genie. He's definitely stands out. He's very tall and powerful looking, kind of glowing. He's trailing smoke and glowing like, you know, hot embers. He's actually leaving like ashy, uh, embery footprints in the mud that's kind of pooled around you guys. He actually walks up to your character, Mike, up to Dern, 
and he touches the number on your shackle, and the metal starts to heat up, and you can feel it working its way through uh, into the shackles around your hands and starts to burn your arms a little bit. He keeps his hand there uh, on the tag, and the pain is starting to get intolerable. Do you do or say anything or just look on at him? Look on. Okay. Yeah. Noticing that the Ifriti has stopped in front of you, Mike, there's a creature that looks kind of like a dwarf, but he's got a flaming beard and hair, and not just red, I mean, but literally flaming. Each of you can roll a history check. How about we do that? I got a four. I got a one. You're beating me. <laughs> this world has been here before, you realize. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't new. You don't know what this thing is, in, in other words. So it walks by, but the Afriti, the when this other creature comes up next to it, it kind of growls and says, This one, and points at you, who, who's been inspecting. And he's got smoke trailing from his lips. And the other dwarven-type-looking creature uh, inspects you for a little bit, and the Afriti turns back around toward him and says, Keep up. But he just stands there next to you, and the Afridi starts walking off, and you see him pull out, like, a little notepad, fantasy notepad, and he's, <laughs> he's looking at it. And uh, I'm he, sure they have paperback. He then. considers you for a minute and is about to write your number down, but instead he takes out, like, a little die, and he actually changes the number on your tag to match Kira's number. So you both have the same number now. And he continues moving forward, and the, you see the Afriti, like, gazing back at him, like, come on, there's another one I want you to look at over here. And he, he hurries up to catch up. After a while, waiting there, do you guys <clears throat> say anything to each other or do anything after you've seen these people inspecting you for a while and you're just waiting again? I would eye my tag and eye his and just kind of... Look at this smelly dwarf next to me. Okay. With a look, because apparently I'm good at looks. Okay. Do you do anything? I like the other guy's beard, the flaming thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just kind of have beard envy right now? I was now? generally impressed with the, with the beard, but now it's curious that we have... We both have the same number, but it's not enough to really... I mean, she obviously doesn't know anything, so there's no point in talking to... Okay. I don't want to talk to you either. (laughs) All right. So, eventually, you get brought up to uh, a bidder's block. You watch that there are other people in front of you who have gone first and bring, you know, various amounts of gold that people have been bidding for them. They're brought up, their bags are dropped next to them, and the bidding starts. But... When you guys get ready to go up, one of the goblins looks at your tags and says, Oh, these are a pair! And brings the two of you up there, but goes and only fetches one of the bags, which would be your bag, Kira, because that's the one that has a number on it. Um, So you're about to have an auction start. Would you do anything? or? I mean, he's disgusted at the entire premise of a slave trade, because that's been outlawed for so long. I mean, okay. It's, it's and he goes, he actually goes, you only have one bag? No, the other one over there, they mislabeled it, but that one over there is mine. And he walks over to the bag, and he holds up the wrong one, he goes, this one? No, 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 the, he- the, he- the heavy one. He holds up another really tiny, dainty-looking <laughs> bag, and goes, this one? 
Nola, the heavy one. And I just rolled a critical failure. He picks up a turtle off the ground. <laughs> Is it this? Is this your bag? He's kind of moving around. He's cute. And he puts them in his pocket. I guess that one's not your bag. All right. And he picks up your bag and holds it up. Yes, that one, you thick-headed guttercup. He said, what did you call me? He walks over and he goes to give you a slap. And it just kind of feels like a really dainty little <laughs> nudge on your cheek. But he doesn't smell so great when he does it, so... Basically, he looks around to see if, like, anybody's contesting. Is this anybody else's bag? And nobody says anything. He says, all right. And he actually walks over. Um, He puts the bag down on the platform, and you see him walk over to another (laughs) goblin who's been pulling the cart. And he just smacks him over the head like he's got the numbers wrong, and he's tired of it. And the bidding starts on the pair of you, and uh, they state your number, and the guy with the flaming beard is sitting next to the Efridi, and the Efridi doesn't say anything at all. It doesn't put his hand up for the bidding or whatever. And the guy with the flaming beard is just looking at you and kind of nods in your direction. But the bidding goes a little bit higher than some of the other ones have gone, maybe because you're a pair, or maybe because you look a little healthier than some of the other people, or maybe it's the bulging bags that most people have pretty small satchels. But there's uh, two different sets of orcs who are actually doing the, the bidding. And one of them who's kind of got a long, nasty, knotted ponytail ends up being the winner for something in the vein of 180 gold or so. You guys get put you know, back together, shackled your legs back together just between the two of you, and they send you over to this orc. You see the other one who was bidding on you look a little bit disappointed, but he actually walks up to the first one, and you see the two of them are laughing with each other like it wasn't too big of a deal, and they probably know each other. But that's pretty much all that happens there at the auction house, or the auction block. So you get taken with this orc into custody with a little band of them, and they take you to another small village that's near Slaver Bay, and they unshackle you. They pull out your bags, and they actually throw them into the cage with you. So you've got all of your gear back, which I'm sure is good for you. So he says, you've got 15 minutes. Gear up. And he walks away. So you had just pretty much been walking throughout the night, so you're pretty tired, but he's told you guys to gear up now. Hands are free? Yep. You guys are just in a cage, but you're not buckled into your shackles anymore. Well, we're in a cage. That sucks, but... I but I got my hammer back. Let me see that, see if I can take care of these hinges here. Okay, so you're going to try and bust yourself out of the I, cage? One of my items is a, um, a smithing hammer. Okay. I'll Roll look a, around and see if it's around. Roll a d20. You're going to use your smith's tools. 16. You're uh, proficient in that, right? Yes. So that would be... Um, let's say... Uh, you'll get your plus two for being proficient. 18. So you actually pop a pin out of one of the hinges. and uh, But about that time, the other side of the cage gets pulled open. So you were maybe working on one side, and there's this cage that somebody must have been on top, and they pull it open, and you realize that there's like an arena out in front of you. And basically you're in a big pit. I, I thought this was going to happen. Time for the other hammer. (laughs) So um, you're in a roundish pit area about 40 feet across. 
Uh, it's got crude bandstands built around it. Um, there's a crowd here that's, again, populated mostly by orcs. In fact, the two orcs who you saw bidding on you are both in the crowd in kind of different areas. One's kind of behind you where you were, and one's on the other side where there are some other cages. There's another kind of uh, odd-looking orc who's off by himself wearing white vestiges that don't really fit with some of the others. There's a huge bugbear in one side. He's kind of sitting on one quarter of this pit all by himself, like nobody wants to be anywhere near him, and he's basically eating big raw pieces of meat. Uh, the closest things that are sitting near him are uh, tieflings. If you don't know, if you didn't look at them in the player's handbook, they're kind of... Like the hellboy looking? Yeah, they got like infernal blood in them um, way, way back, possibly. It may or may not be true. There's only a half dozen of those, but that's still probably likely the most you've ever seen in one place. So you entered from a row of cages on the south end of the cage, and at the same time, in the north end of the cage of the pit, a few other cages open as well. And out of those other ones come little frogmen. But these aren't like bullywugs, which maybe you've seen before as being a ranger mm -hmm. um, in the woods. Uh, these are roll a nature check. Twelve. Seven. All right, is enough. These are called grungs. And these are tiny frogmen, and they do have some poison uh, associated with them. So that's basically what you know about them. Uh, what else you know is there are two of them. One is blue. He's a little bit bigger than the others, but still shorter than Derm. Then there's a little smaller one who's grayish. You don't see a weapon on the grayish one, but the blue one has a dagger pulled out. And they're about... 30 feet away from you at this point. And let's roll initiative. 16. Alright, and you add your dex modifier. 18. We got Kira, the blue grung, the gray grung, <coughs> and the darn dwarf. Okay? The darn dwarf. So you're up first, Kira. What would you like to do? You've got these. They're about, again, 30 feet away from you, straight across uh, the arena. Which one's the big one again? Blue? The blue one. You want to take blue? And I'll take the little one? Are they, are they actively coming at us? I'm I mean, they're... Right now, they've just kind of gotten out of the cave and or cage and pulled out their weapons. So they haven't advanced yet. But there's, there's, there's clear malicious intent. They've got wet... Or one of them's got a weapon pulled out and is looking around, and you guys have weapons pulled out, too, so... So then I turn to Dern and say, You want blue? Lass, I don't know if either one of them means us any harm, and I don't know anything about them. Who's to say they're not in this as bad as we are? They're not our enemy. That is true, but I don't see us getting out any other way. Sorry, I cannot raise my hand against someone who, who has not raised their hand against me. Then I will take my bow, and I will <clears throat> aim at Gray and see what happens. You're just going to ready and... Ready and aim. So one thing that you can do with your turns is you can ready an action mm -hmm. to use it as a reaction on your turn. So what that means is you won't lose your turn this time if you skip it. If he attacks you, you can let loose with the bow. Okay. okay? If that's what you want to do. That sounds like what you're attempting to do, right? Yeah. I'll move a little bit away from him, but still kind okay. of... The two of them start approaching you kind of tentatively, 
um, and moving closer toward you until they're within about 15 feet. Okay? And the then, when they're within 15 feet, the blue grong takes a leap uh, uh, toward you and goes to attack with the dagger. So, Oh, hi. Here we go. Would this trigger your, yes. your action? I, I suppose it would. So roll your d20. Ten. Plus your dex plus your proficiency. Plus four, so 14. All right, that's going to be a hit. So roll your damage. Three. Plus your strength modifier, zero, right? That's why I'm not used to adding it. Okay. Yeah, because I'm... All right, so you stick an arrow into this grong's tummy. This poor little grong, <sighs> tiny frog man. He is already in the middle of his attack, so he's going to attack you with the dagger. That's a 13. Does that hit against your AC? I'm at a 13 as well. That hits, then. He's going to deal 6 damage, and you have to make a constitution saving throw. 7. Plus? Uh, What am I looking at? Your constitution modifier. 2. No, that's not going to do it. You're going to be poisoned as well. This poison deals two damage, and you have the irresistible urge to shout nonsense at the beginning of every turn until you overcome this poison. So it's also hallucinatory poison. So you've got six damage total. No, it was eight damage total. And you're poisoned right now. You'll have to make a constitution save on your turn in order to overcome the poison. All right. All right, so the gray grong is up now, and the gray grong is going to throw a dart at you, Mike. Raise the shield. Okay. This is going to be way short. It falls, like, about ten feet in front of your feet. Okay. And um, it's to you. For the purposes of this, I had enough rest to recoup the... the yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're back to full strength <clears throat> and back to having your daily spells and stuff. Okay. Lay on hands for this. Okay. So you're back up six health, and then it would be back to your turn, Kira. Am I still poisoned? You have to roll a constitution save. <laughs> All right, now you're compelled to shout nonsense. <laughs> I had a cousin die of that once! All right, but you still get to take your turn. Um, you're going to get half of poison damage. You're going to get one poison damage, though. And you can still attack or do whatever. You've got the blue grong is right in front of you. Uh, who is attacking you with the dagger, and you've got the gray one who's maybe 15 feet away from you. I would shoot at the blue one since it's right in front of... Remember, you'll be at disadvantage because he's right in front of you if you shoot with your bow. But if you attack with your melee attack, you won't. Okay, then... Or if you shoot your bow at the gray one, you won't. Um, Then I guess I will switch to the short sword since I can do... Okay. Both. Go for it. Two. All right, so you miss with your main hand. Mm-hmm. And 20. Uh, you crit with your offhand, so that's good. Roll your damage. That's... <laughs> One. No, it's the... No, she's got a different damage oh. than you do. Hers, I think it's a six, right? Yeah. So, you, But you do double damage because you critted. Um, and your short sword basically takes a good chunk um, out of the grung's arm and... Uh, both of you roll a dexterity saving throw. Is that the 20? Yeah. 19. 15. All right, so 
you don't get splattered by the poison of this guy. So you slashed him open and some poison came out, but you managed not to get it rained on you Gallagher style. So the blue grung is going to try and take another stab at Kira, and crit misses, and let's... Okay, and then <laughs> crit saves. I was going to see if he fell out of space. But he misses and somehow does like an awesome flip and is standing right back where he was originally. And the gray grung's going to try another dart at uh, Dern. That's uh, 19 against your AC. AC's 18. All right, so you're going to be hit by a dart. That does one damage, but you have to make a constitution saving throw against the poison on the dart. Nine. That's not going to do it. So you've been poisoned for two damage, and you have the irresistible urge to take off your shoes. All right, so at the start of your next turn, you have to pass pass a, a saving throw, or you have to use your action on your turn to take your shoes off. And it's your turn. So you get a chance to make a new constitution saving throw. Fifteen. That'll do it. You are over the poison. Fifteen plus two. Yeah. You're over the poison. So you get to keep your... You don't have to (laughs) take your shoes off. You actually get to take a turn. All right. (laughs) What would you like to do? So if I'm... If I'm... Within range of her, I'm also within range of the blue one, correct? You're within melee range of the blue one. The gray one's... 15, 15 feet out or so. But you right. do have a move on your turn. You can move up to 25 feet on a turn and still attack. You, on every turn you get a move action, an attack action, and if you have something available, a bonus action. Okay. I want to smash the blue one with my hammer. That sounds good. That doesn't sound good. Nope. <laughs> so you just Slams. swing. You, you actually don't even face the blue one. You just kind of swing your hammer, uh, maybe because you still had that lingering urge to take your shoes yeah, off. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's back to you, Kira. I guess I need to do a constitu- constitution yes, save. Yes, you do. Fifteen. That's enough. Yay. You're not poisoned anymore. It's your turn. Short swords. All right. Four. That'll be a miss. And 16. That's going to be a hit, plus your modifier, but either way, it's a hit. Five. Okay. That really looks like it makes the blue drone very unhappy. Um, Let's roll another dexterity saving throw, though, because you did slashing damage again. 18. That'll be enough. All right, you're going to have to roll a constitution saving throw against the poison. Five, seven. Nope, you're poisoned now. Um... Uh, the dwarf thing. Yeah. Yep. Resistant to poison. And there was something else I wrote down. Yeah, you had two things for poison, I think. Yeah, where did I write it down? I'm not used to my character. It should be next to wherever you wrote resistant to poison, <clears throat> I think. No, because I wrote it somewhere else because it, like it was like an effect or something. Is it saving throws against yeah, poison? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have advanced, or you're proficient in those, so you get to add plus two to your saving throw. What I said, I said seven before, so that would make it nine. Yeah, that still won't do it. Okay. But you are resistant, so you only take half damage, so you take <clears> one <throat> poison damage. Okay. And you have, if you don't pass a constitution saving throw on your first turn, you must shout nonsense. Okay? I thought I was shoes. No, that was the gray poison. The blue poison makes you want to shout nonsense. When did I get hit by blue poison? Just now. When she slashed the blue guy... His blood flew out. And oh, was I thought we both missed. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's right. I remember the three. 
Yeah, there's a lot of... We're we're rolling stop rolling shouting nonsense. <laughs> we're rolling a lot. It's not about your cousin. Because poison, it's not a straight-up normal hack-and-slash fight. Okay. So. so that was your turn, Kira, to attack the blue guy. We just got in the weeds with the poison. So blue guy's back up. He's going to try and hit you with the dagger again. That's a 21. That's going to be a hit, I guess. Ouch. Five damage. Ouch. Make a constitution saving throw against poison. Three. That's not going to do it. One damage. And you have the urge to shout nonsense again. The gray grong is going to throw another dart at Mikey. That's going to miss. Basically, he's just tossing these darts out. They're starting to make a semicircle in front of him about (laughs) five feet away. He did hit you in one of them, I guess. But now it's to you, Mike. Try to hit the blue one with the hammer. Okay, that sounds good. Seven. Eleven, thirteen. Thirteen, that's going to hit. Okay, so it's nine. Yeah. Um, he basically <clears throat> turns into a little bit of froggy jelly, but it's not slashing damage. I'm not going to make you do saving throws. But you, you squish him down pretty good, and the little gray guy looks like he's pretty scared, but it's Pyrrha's turn. Roll a constitution saving throw. Eight. Plus anything? Are you pro- proficient in constitution saving throws? No. What's your constitution modifier? Two. No, you needed a 12. That's a 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then it's your turn. Uh, oh, wait. you got to take poison damage. Three. Three? Yeah. I just collapsed on the ground. Okay, you're unconscious. <laughs> so the gray grung is up. He's going to throw another dart because he's a one-trick pony. That's a uh, 13. Armor class is 18. Okay. Well, no, it's a 23. 19 plus 4. I don't know why I said 13. He deals 1 damage. Roll a constitution saving throw against the gray poison. 12. So that'll do it. You're not poisoned. So you just took the 1 damage. Okay. And it's to you. Charge and try to bash the little bugger's head in. Okay. With the hammer? With the hammer. Yeah. Always with the hammer, Tony. <laughs> Ten... Wait, hang on. Ten, ten, ten's enough. His AC is four, ten. Okay. So you, you got him. Roll your damage. That's this one. i got to keep this one out. Five plus four, nine. Yeah, he's dead. You squish him into gray jelly. <clears throat> and the two of you have defeated the Grongs. Now, she's at no health. You can try and stabilize her with a medicine skill, if you'd like. If not, she has to make death saving throws. Save me, fool off, fool off. I got a healing potion. Would that be helpful in the situation? Or I, you, that's a one-time use thing. It's up to you. It would get her back up. Hmm. You could stabilize her. That would get her to zero. She'd still be at zero, but she wouldn't have to make death saving throws right now. If you want to try it, it won't cost you anything. Okay, let's try it. 17. That'll do it. She's stabilized. So, after you've defeated these grungs, there's a couple of gnolls that just come out from the side of the pit, and they start to drag the grung bodies, like, back toward the side. Is our cage still open, the one from before? Yeah. See if I can drag her back. Okay. Roll, uh, athletics, I guess. You'll get your... Well, I guess roll strength. That would be better. Considering he's... It was a yeah, that, that's fine. You pull her back into the cage. 
after you get back in the cage, you hear the crowd kind of like mulling around like, uh, well, that was a fight. And there's a few people who are happy who maybe bet on you, but that's about it. So they actually going to come over to the back side of the cage right after and say, uh, it's the orc who bought you. He's there with a few guards, and he says, well, you won that one. See you again tomorrow. And he kind of motions to the guards and pulls you. Uh, they start pulling you to another place like a, a larger jail cell somewhere else. Your gear this time is taken back away from you, put in a bag again, and you're thrown in this larger cell. But that's it for the night. You'll get a long rest. You'll get back up to your full health and back up to your proficiencies. And you're going to be thrown uh, out into the pit again in the morning. take a short break now to talk to you about who we are and why we've decided to do this. Because it's fun. Yes. And? And because I'm Will (laughs) and I'm the GM. DM. Nope. I'm a GM. I've been a GM long before I was a DM. Well, for this purpose, you're a DM. Nope. It's still a game. Still a game master. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Amy. I'm married to Will and I play Kira in the game. I also do the audio recording and editing, and I'm still figuring out what the heck I'm doing. And I do all the voices. Badly. (laughs) (laughs) First, I guess we should say thanks for listening, and you've made it this far, so that's great. (laughs) This is our first time for any of us on the podcast playing D&D. Me and Mike played some different RPGs, particularly GURPS, throughout high school. Amy played that a little bit with me, and college. Very briefly. You don't meet them this episode, but our other adventurers, my nephew Sam and his wife Eva, they've played GURPS a handful of times as well. This is our first time playing D&D. We picked up 5th edition a couple weeks before this podcast, and I've been pouring over the books trying to learn the rules. And I have downloaded GarageBand to try and figure out how to do this, and I am slowly getting better. And hopefully as time goes on, the episodes will sound better and better as I become more adept at recording this and piecing things together. So come along on our adventure and follow on as we explore this new world that we've never explored before. Yeah, keep up with us uh, in between podcasts, which we hope to put out every two weeks. In between those, you can follow us on our social social media pages. (laughs) Amy, what are those? Those are... Um, Those are the places, honey, social media, I don't know if you know this, those are the places where you go and you have sort of friends, quasi-friends, they call them friends or followers, and you can communicate in the in a digital space. So you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash date night podcast. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Facebook.com D8 night podcast, that's the letter D, the number eight, N-I-G-H-T podcast. And also at Twitter at D8Night Podcast. That's Facebook.com slash D, the number eight, N-I-G-H-T podcast. Or follow us on Twitter at D8Night Podcast. Back to the pit fights. Oh no!
Do you have anything to say to each other before this one? Uh, they throw you in that cage that you weren't necessarily together while you were um, waiting, but now you're back. They say uh, you're going to fight as a pair again, and they give you your gear back, and you've got 15 minutes to get ready. All right. This time, just stay behind me. Okay. <laughs> let you take the pot shots from, from, from back there. So you guys gear up again. The cages open back up on the other side, and this time it's two humans who come out. They look at each other kind of oddly. It's actually from two separate cages there. And one is wearing a loincloth, and he only has one arm. Uh, he's carrying a dagger. And the other one is kind of in fancy clothes, and is uh, it's all torn up. And roll a perception check. You can roll it. Yeah. Four, I don't recognize Sir Peaches. <laughs> Actually, Mike recognizes. He says, I don't know why, but he seems like he should look familiar to you. That's how perceptive <laughs> Mike was. <laughs> but you don't recognize him. Okay? He's got a rapier, and he unsheathes it, and the two of them start uh, in your direction. Let's roll initiative again. Eleven. One. <laughs> so well, I don't slow it's this is the same. This is the same. Rock. Order as last time. Uh, Kira goes, then the human in the loincloth, then the fancy human, and then Dern. So you're up first, Kira. Shoot the loincloth. Shoot the loincloth, Lassie. <laughs> Can we just knock them out? <laughs> I don't know how that... I mean, if you get them to zero, technically, you're knocking them I out. I was asking Dern. Oh, okay. thought you were having a rules check. Useless. <laughs> <clears throat> they're, they're already coming at us. Lay into them. Yeah. Nine plus. I can never remember. This is so annoying. Your decks and your proficiency. Thank you. Okay, so 13. That's okay. a good number. Um, who are you shooting at? Army. I mean... One cloth guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a hit on him. Don't name him Lassie. It makes it hot. <laughs> that's a hit. On six. Sweet. So you stick an arrow into him in his shoulder uh, of his non-arm arm. <laughs> um, his. <laughs> and he's going to run straight at you with the dagger right now. So he's going to swing at you. And that's a 16. Yeah, he hits me. Okay, he deals one damage, and the fancy boy comes up and he says, For the peaches, he says. And he, uh, I'm going to roll, I don't have two of the same die here to see who he attacks. These are both tens. All right, he's coming in your direction, uh, Kira. told you to stay behind me. And he attacks with the rapier. Well, if you weren't so slow. That's an eight. I guess that's a mess. Yes, that's a mess. So he swings past and he goes... Oh, no, this puts me in the mind of something I recall happening before. All right. Um, And it's to you, Mike. Swing at uh, Stumpy. (laughs) Stumpy. Don't name him. Don't name him. him. (laughs) 13 plus... That's a hit without your modifier. Okay. Damage is this one, right? Yeah. One plus four, five. That's enough to nick Stumpy. He falls down on Don't the ground. Don't on, on the ground um, in a crumpled heap. And it's back to you, Kira. You've got Fancy Boy about 
four feet in front of you. Slash. Okay. There's peaches, except I missed because it's two. Yep. Oh, yeah. Other hand. 18. Okay, so I'm you're lucky. better. You're not actually <laughs> <laughs> whatever hand that you think you are, but that's fine. So roll your damage. Four. Okay. You really uh, put a good slash into Fancy Boy's arm, and he has another cut in his tunic. He just pulls back the rapier and tries to stab you with it. That's a 21. So that's a hit. Uh, three damage. Aha, he says. Finally, I found purchase. It sounds like peaches. <laughs> All right. Are you awake yet? I'm, I'm slow. <laughs> it's back to you. Eight plus four. I'm guessing you're hitting him with the hammer. I'm hitting him with the hammer. Okay. Eight oh, plus yeah. six. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, 14. That's barely a hit. It's 10. The last thing you hear him say is, All right, in the peaches. <laughs> and he falls over, and you really busted his peaches. But, but, but the crowd starts, starts booing. Like the fight was too fast and too easy. Boo. Boo, and then you start it. You hear a chant start coming up from the bugbear, and he goes, Scaly, scaly. And then you hear the rest of the orcs in the crowd start, Scaly, scaly. And this big cage opens, and this big lizard man in studded, studded leather armor. And studded. Uh, in studded leather armor, he comes out of the cage. <laughs> um, I'm a lizard who stuttered for a second. He's a, he does. Uh, he hasn't talked yet. <laughs> but, but he does. And he goes, I'm scaly. The lizard man. And he's more impressive than his voice. He stands about six and a half feet tall, and he's got a big wooden shield and a mace, okay? And he comes out, and let's re-roll initiative. Let's see how you do, Mike. (laughs) Five. Oh, you got a five, too. I got a one. (laughs) Yay, I'm not in front! Let's you and me re-roll, Mike, because I don't know what his text is. Eleven. Mike gets to go first this Yay. time, and then it's uh, Scaly. You first. I mean, Scaly. <laughs> go ahead, Darren. What would you like to do? He's about, he's on the other side of the pit, so 25, 20 feet, because you guys have been in the pit, probably less than 20 feet away. I, I can't attack him until I know he's got hostile intent, so is there a way to, like, ready, ready. just ready to shield and... Yeah, you can ready in action. You can use your turn to try and place place myself between him and my damage dealer, and, and okay. ready up and ready in action. If he comes within, what what will trigger this action? If he comes within five feet range. of you, yeah, okay, that's fair. And that's what he immediately does. I mean, he runs at you with the shield. Hit him with the hammer. Yeah, um, to try a shield bash against you. But go ahead and try to hit him with your hammer as he's coming at you. Twelve. That's going to be a whiff. And he's going to hit you with the full force of his shield bash, which is uh, him barreling into you with his full weight. Um, Or he's going to try. That's an 11. So armor class is 18. So you're going to actually slip and dodge him in this particular case. Um, Maybe you actually glance your shield off of his shield and send him um, out of the way. 
Now he's probably between the two of you, but he turns back around and he gets another attack. So he's going to take an attack at you with his mace this time, Mike. Um, That's a 20. He hits. Okay. He deals six damage. And he swings again. Yeah, Scaly... Scaly's... He's tough. And he he gets a 15. And he whiffs and he goes, Darn! He knows you? And it's back to... Well, it's to you for the first time in this battle, Kira. He's about... Hold on. Before you do, I need to know what you're doing. He's about eight feet away from you in between you and Mike. I would try to slash at him. Okay, eight feet, you'd have to move oh. closer, and which you can, but you're not at disadvantage with your bow here, so you basically have either option. Since I seem to be squishy, although he seems to move fast, I guess I'll do bow. Okay. 19. Great. Uh, you don't even need your modifier there. Two. Okay. <laughs> and he goes, ouch, ouch, okay. Um, back to I you, Dern. I hit him with armor. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on your. Are you sensing the thumb? <laughs> Wait, fuck fires. No, you no, don't get I don't your modifiers on yeah. crit fail. Um, roll, uh, do a strength saving throw for me to see if you hang on to that thing when you make that bad swing. So what's just plus your strength? Seven. Uh, Eleven. Yeah. Okay. Do I need the proficiency? No, not unless you're proficient in strength saving throws. Okay. But that's enough. You hang on to it. You almost have the Warhammer go spinning out of your hand. Um, and Lizard Man's going to come back at you with uh, mace attacks. He's too close to try a shield bash, which is um, 20, 12, and 22. How many of those hit? 20, 12, and 22, two. Okay. Two of the three. So he hits you twice for a total of four damage, and he turns around to the crowd and flexes his lizardy muscles. So that's what he's doing uh, when your turn comes around, Kira. How far away from me again is he? He's still about eight feet. I guess I will try to shoot him again. Okay. And hopefully I will get a 20 so I can slip one of my crappy arrows between a chink in his armor. 20! Ha ha ha! All right, that's a crit. So roll your damage. Eight, eight, eight. Six. Wow, 12 damage. Uh, that arrow really sticks in under his armpit, like when he's cheering for the crowd and gets in where he has no armor and sticks in, and he goes, That really smart. That really smart. That really hurt, he says. Slowly devolving to Porky the Lizard. Alright, it's back to turn. Can I lay on hands myself? Yes. Okay, lay on hands myself. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you lay your hands on yourself and the crowd has a collective <laughs> a collective noise issue from it. <laughs> well, it brings me back up to eight, so let's go. Alright. So that's your turn. Um, Lizard Man actually is going to rush at Kira now um, and try a uh, shield bash. But while he's leaving your area, you're going to get an opportunity attack on him, which means you get a free attack that doesn't count as part of your turn, Mike. So you can try and... Hit him with that. (laughs) 20. That's a crit. So you get to double your damage. Oh, my God. 
6 plus, plus 10, so 20 damage. That takes care of Scaly, and he falls down onto the ground, and he says, It wasn't supposed to end like this. Wait, I lost my stutter. Oh, and then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the crowd this time doesn't make any noise. They're kind of like aghast that Scaly, their local champion, has been bested. And the gnolls come back out and they start to try and drag Scaly out, but he's like too heavy and they signal for more gnolls and they come out. And it's kind of like a clown car out of this little area where the gnolls are coming. And you can't imagine how all of these gnolls were in one place. They must have been like really standing on each other a lot. And they snap at each other a little bit and eventually pull Scaly out of the ring. You guys are told by your orc warlord back behind you. He says, all right, you're done for the day. And the other orc warlord across the other end seems very distraught that Scaly is no more. But your gear is taken back from you again, and you're put back into the cage, the larger cages for the night. This time you're actually in the same cage, and you're not there long. You're nursing your wounds after the fight. In fact, you can consider this a short rest. You may roll your hit dice if you'd like. You can always roll your hit dice on a short rest. Six. One. So that's how many health you get back. Ooh. I get more than my max HP back. So then you're back to max, to max yeah. <coughs> um, and as you're nursing the wounds, uh, maybe an hour later, an orc guard opens up the door and says, Up. Beside him is an old tiefling, one of the ones from the crowd, who is sort of sitting a little bit off by himself. But he's obviously blind, standing next to the orc who had led him there. And the old man says, Are you the ranger and the paladin? Yes. Are you an ugly old darkling? Excuse me, I'm a little deaf in this ear. Are ye an ugly old darkling? I don't know. I haven't seen myself in a long time. I might be, he says. I saw... Oh, excuse me. Old habits die hard. I heard about your defeating of Scaly, the Scaled One. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you always drinking every time you get I don't know why I don't expect it. (laughs) In the pit. Your prowess has really uh, preceded you, he says. I would like to take you out of this place, he says. And if you come with me and take me where I need to go, I will secure your passage back to the mainland. Would you come with me? Will we be free? When you're done escorting me where I need to go, you can do as you please. That I promise you. Where are you going? To an old shrine. So I can say a prayer before I die. What kind of shrine? The shrine of my god. Which I'm is? distrusting him because he's a tiefling. Yeah. The god of the thorns and the god of the storms. Those things rhyme! <laughs> <laughs> I have a brother who is a sailor who regularly goes to the shield, and I understand you may be from Kufo. I. I could just secure your passage back. Just him or both of us? I need you both. What need you have of two people to just to go to a shrine? Well, it's hard to find my way, you know. 
been blind and all, he says. <laughs> and I know one of you is a ranger who should know the land, and the other of you seemed to be able to hit things with a hammer, and now I'm getting Scottish because I was going to say your tagline. <laughs> Are you expecting trouble? He's a tiefling. Of course but he would. Lately, it seems everywhere is dangerous for an old man like me. I'm not pushing the... You can push the... Was it recording? Yes, it's okay. recording because the red circle Wait, has been turned. It's a red circle. The red circle has turned into a white circle. Which one? Are we going to keep it going? or? Yes, because I don't know how to pause yet. You hit the square. <laughs> well, I was going to say you can make a new file. You can hit the square. Okay. I'll go get them. All right. That is it's not the circle. Not, not, not the circle.